Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my buddy, Matt Basinger of Swell Spark. We're both drinking some wonderful straight rye whiskey today. You can probably guess the brand. Today we are in the Let It Fly Media Studios, and today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank. Member FDIC, when you need a partner, not, not just another bank. I was going to double up with you. You stole my line. I'm sorry. We've got a really fun guest today, and I'm not going to let Matt keep talking and block her out. Elise Kirchhofer, the principal from Hafer Welker. Elise, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Elise, let's dive right in. What do you do? All right. So Hafer Welker is a full-service design firm. So we started out as architecture, and then we've just added services over the years. So we have a big interior design department, medical equipment planning, technology consultancy, and we just added engineering. So I was going to, like, more specifically, so you do you work a lot in the medical field. And, and I'd say yeah. with design in general, Andy and I both come from kind of a retail space or a restaurant space. And so there, are some, there are some design places that, you know, a lot of people, they think of a 2D. They think of, like, okay, this is how the space functions. But uh, how do you guys differentiate yourself or what, like, really, what is interior design and architecture for those who might not have as much experience in this? Yeah, so if um, so I'm going to back up just a second. So we have four main markets that we work in. You mentioned retail. We do that. So there's commercial, healthcare, uh, civic justice, and education. So if I just look at commercial, it's super broad. So you can think of like office buildings, but then retail, hospitality, multifamily, uh, mixed-use spaces. So even though there's four markets, like there's a lot that rolls up into that. And usually we would work with, say you wanted to open a new restaurant or a new Blade and Timber type site. Are you guys, what's your, yep, right, yep. I hope Name, I got it you right. Got it right. Okay. You are and, so much better than Andy at getting <laughs> things correctly. So, so if continue. you wanted to do um, a new building, we would help you look around as you're looking for facilities and say, okay, in this building, you would have to redo this much and it would cost you this much. Sure. And so over here, maybe this one, you would have to do a lot less. It would be less expensive. And so help you pinpoint what building to do, and then design it out. What do you want it to look like? How do you want it to feel? What experience do you want your clients to have? And we come up with the materials, the layout, the flow, the branding, all of that for you guys. So how do you guys, and this is always a, you know, technically professional services, Yes. and professional services is always a really fascinating segment of the economy. How do you guys really get new business? Do you really harp on having an existing client base that makes up 50 to 75% of your recurring business, making it up? Uh, banks, a hospital group, you know, whatever it is that you're always just getting the phone call because you're always in touch, or is it so primarily general marketing, or is it one-off projects? Sort of what does your mix of business look like? Yeah. So in our industry, the average is 80% repeat work. Wow. So it's huge. Relationships are everything, and you can't burn bridges because you have to take care of your clients, right? I mean, 80% is huge. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think one thing that really sets us apart, we're really good at bringing work our opportunities to our clients instead of waiting for clients to bring opportunities to us. So an example would be we're doing the Asperia campus, the old Sprint campus yeah. that's getting kind of re-imaged, I would say. And we're meeting with them and we're working on some office and some retail and they say, we'd love to have some multifamily here. Well, then we have our multifamily contacts and we bring the two of them together and help the, you know, move the deal When forward. you say multifamily, you mean developers in the multifamily space. Yes, yes, yeah. And so we help um, we help the deal happen, which a, a lot of um, people in our, our shoes don't that's do great. that. And so um, I think it, it sets us apart and it helps us make up that 20% that's not repeat work. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, how did you get 
one to Kansas City. Uh, mm -hmm. You are not a Kansas City native originally. And then how did you end up in your role? Like, Yeah. So um, I'm from Wyoming. And I went to school at University of Wyoming. I'm an engineer. Cool. And there's not a lot of engineering jobs in Wyoming. Really, there's not a lot of jobs in Wyoming. <laughs> you're like a lifty like, or work in a restaurant or something, sure. which is fun when you're 20, but like not a career so much. So uh, my dad had grown up here. My grandfather still lived here. Okay. And so I came thinking I would work for like a year or two here. But Kansas City is huge in the design and construction industry. We have so many big firms. I actually, my first job was Black & Veatch. I was just there for a year, but it, it brought me here. And then I learned of all these other opportunities. I met my husband here. He's in the same industry. So um, so that's how I got here. Yeah. And then um, what was your second part? So how did you end up, I mean, with, oh, in, with, yeah, with Hafer Welker. Okay. Yeah. Welker, excuse me. Um, yeah, so I'm an engineer, as I mentioned. So I spent the first 15 years of my career practicing in engineering. Sure. And I was a partner at a firm, and I just was evolving more into a leadership role and wanted something different. So I made some changes in my career and then um, eventually ended up at, at Hafer. I had worked with them, though, really since my first project, probably, wow. um, as a consultant to them, as okay. the engineer for them. And so... Um, it just was a really natural fit because we knew each other so well, and I knew them from the outside, so I felt like I knew what I could come in and make make better because I had seen what what worked and didn't work. So, so you kind of feel as if, and jump in and correct me if I'm definitely wrong, but trying to sort of put this together for the audience, the architects are sort of the the first line of defense for the project, for the developer, for the company. Everybody else that's a part of the project, whether it's the engineers or whatever, do you sort of feel like the, the architect really has to be that stopgap that has to be that, let me communicate and translate this into your language as my client? Or do you find that some clients say, no, 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 you're my architect, I have my own structural engineer, and I hope you all can communicate, but I'm picking right. my team independently? That's a great question, and um, I don't want to get like too in the weeds here, but I would say... The majority of time, yes, that's the case. We call it the prime. The architect is prime, and they hire all the other consultants. And then in a traditional delivery method, the contractor gets brought on later. So that architect is kind of like the first the first main relationship with the client. But there's other um, times where we call it design build, where the contractor is actually the prime, and they hire us as the architect and all the consultants. And then there's also times, like I worked for uh, Rockhurst University, and they hired us as the engineer first, and then we helped them um, interview the architects and bring them on. So yeah. it really depends on the client, but in the majority of cases, you're right, and the architect's the prime. And, and I want to say that because there are so many you know, you specifically talk about people that are used to building things and they might have a different way, but it's the people that necessarily, maybe they're only going to do one project in their whole life. Yeah. And the idea of actually building something and developing their concept, developing their business, building out their office space, whatever it is, their fun, throwing acts, you know, whatever that may be, it's, it's daunting. It is so daunting. And you have no idea almost where to start, and you think about these things, and someone tells you about permitting and city planning and structural engineer and toilets and utilities, and you're just like, people's brains can explode, but they sort of know that you just start at the architect, and you sort of allow the architect to help you along the way it can be a pretty easy task. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a role called owner's representative, which we, we do as well, and that is that person who... 
if for, for the one-off, you know, if you're at a hospital or something, they have a design and facilities department. They do this all the time. We worked with Cerner. They have a department. But if you're doing the one-off, a lot of times it'll be like the CFO gets tagged with it. Well, they don't have the experience and they don't have the time, right? And so you hire an owner's rep and they help. They work directly. They're contracted directly with the client and they're the client's advocate to help them make those decisions. So if it's a one-off, we see that a lot. So you mentioned that 80% of your customers at this point are return customers. For that 20% new customers, like who is kind of the sweet spot of the folks that you like to work alongside? Is this people who are doing, you know, TI builds inside of existing spaces? Do you like to do ground up development? Are you looking for nothing under 100,000 square feet? Like what's your sweet spot? Yeah. Um, you know, we never are going to limit it on size because like with healthcare, you have to start on the small stuff. And, and work your way up before they trust you and sure. give you the larger project. So everybody would say, yeah, ideally I would do a hundred million dollar ground up project. You know, of course that yep. would be like ideal for everyone, but that's not how it works. And so what we want to do, we just want to build a relationship and that takes usually starting with the small and working our way up to the big. So how is, I'm cutting you off. I'm, I'm still taking it. Did I say you anything? Put your hand down. All right. <laughs> Did I say anything? How is business? I know this is a crazy time for the construction industry in it general is. with you all being a part of that. Like, was there a slowdown? Was there a... I mean, yeah. what's that been yeah. like for the last 18 months? So overall, it's it's really good, and I feel fortunate. We lag. Our whole industry lags maybe a year because our projects have a long burn. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic hit, we were starting projects that had a year or longer burn, and so sure. that carries you through the pandemic, right? So at the beginning of this year, 2021, we did see a little bit of a slowdown because— Slowdown things, of new business coming in the door. Well, it was actually work that we had—what we saw, work we had landed that was slow to start. They weren't quite ready. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they knew they wanted to do the project. They had awarded it to us, but they, they were kind of dragging their feet— kicking it off because they wanted to be more confident with what was going on. Even though they knew they had a year of burn right. time of working yeah. through everything yeah. with you. But the second half of the fiscal year, it's it's crazy. It's, it has picked up so much. Awesome. And, uh, you know, overall, we're going to be great for 2021. And we're seeing our, our pipeline for 2022 is, is bigger than it's ever been. Is so. it like picked up and you're pulling your hair out because it's so stressful or picked out and you're like going to Rieger every Friday because it's so exciting that there's so much business? We're just buying well, a bottle. we're going to Rieger every Friday because yep. we love it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I would say the second more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting yeah. right now. But as you guys know, I I think as everybody knows, there's an issue with talent right sure. now. And we did take the opportunity um, during the pandemic. A lot of people were letting people go. And so uh, we we hired. We hired wow. even if we didn't have the exact spot for them just to, to get the yeah. talent. But I think as we get busier and busier in the next six months, that's going to be yeah. the problem is getting all the right talent. So, so let's talk about talent there for a minute. And because that's something that everybody's dealing with right now, just general labor shortages. You know, I mean, you hear about, to, to be fair, I'm, you're a professional services firm, you know, it's for the most part career driven people that want to join that field. Matt and I have businesses where some people in our businesses are career type people and other people are, I'm only here for a few years, sort of a transitionary type job. And we always hear that people are trying to get out of the transitionary type jobs and going into more career driven. But here I am listening to you saying that even finding talent is difficult on your end. It is. What do you think the problem really is? Um, so I think it's a couple of things. By the I way, this think... is being taped on August 20th, 2021. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I think, well, what I've seen personally 
is people have had, um, the pandemic has made them reevaluate their life a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen people, we're not losing them to competition. We're losing, like one person left to work for a nonprofit. Um, one of them decided they really wanted to move and be closer to home. And so they're reevaluating their priorities and like getting out of the industry. We had two people decide they really wanted to, to be stay-at-home moms after this. And mm -hmm. so that's what we're seeing is more like an, uh, them reevaluating their priorities. Yeah. What are uh, some of the bigger projects that you guys are working on right now that you're yeah. really excited about? So the Asperia is, I mean, the, the biggest, most exciting one for us here in Kansas City. So as you know, we're kind of revamping the existing Sprint campus, but then we're doing huge new development on the southeast corner of the campus. And so it's going to have new, it's like a lifestyle center, sure. a lake with walking paths, office building, retail, and we're putting our new building there. So that's really awesome. exciting for us. Like to your move headquarters. There. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's awesome. And then we're doing a very similar project down in Dallas. Okay. And it's Grandscape, and it's actually even bigger. And we're doing office multifamily. But both of those are, they're huge projects. They're going to be some of the biggest projects that, that we have under our belt. I didn't even ask how many of your projects are Kansas City based and how many of them typically are out of the You know, metro. I should know this number off the top of my head. Yeah, come on. I know. You should just make it up. Yeah. Um, so we are, I would say 40% of our work is here. Okay. So we do, we have a Dallas office yep. and they have their work. We're just opening a Jacksonville office. Okay. But we do healthcare work for the VA and it's all over the country. We've actually done two here, but the majority of them are everywhere across the United States. Awesome. And so um, it takes us everywhere. Well, yeah. well, one of my last sort of business questions is, you know, picking partners that you work with. Because you as an owner's rep, more or less, and I'm, I'm using that word loosely, yeah. but you're the prime, as you yeah. specifically said, you know, if you, if you engage with civils and structurals and electricals and, you know, yeah. Just all those different types of engineers that you're sort of repping, hey, I've got all this. They might not necessarily, or they need to pan out because it's a reflection of you. How do you guys, as the prime on jobs for project managers, how do you actually decide which engineers are good? Or do you just have a list of them? Do you like to let owners pick so that technically it's the owner's selection, but you're pre-vetting? Yep. How does all that actually work? I love that question. Um, <laughs> So it's relationships. Everything is relationships. By the way, I, I didn't hear you say that about any of Matt's <laughs> questions. Continue, please. Um, it's relationships and communication. You know, we've been working with most of the partners here for a long, long time. And so we, we know who we have a strong relationship and who we prefer to work with because we know what we're going to get and that, that the client is going to get our level of um, expectation as well from them. Mm -hmm. But there are, uh, when we started our medical equipment planning group and the engineering group we just started, it was because of that. We looked at where are there holes in the process or where do we have, um, where do we continually have hiccups? And let's bring those services in-house so that we can control that experience for our client. Yeah, cool. At least we need to start wrapping up because this okay. is let me be brief, not let me be long. But the most important question that you will love more than any question that Andy has asked so far today yep. has nothing to do with business. What's the coolest thing you've ever done? So um, I think that's so hard to say. From because, Wyoming, you got to have stories. Well, well I, what I, I hate to be so general, but I would say just growing up in Jackson Hole is the coolest thing because it shaped my life so wholly. It's made me independent, adventurous, love the outdoors, and so... So you grew yeah, up in Jackson Hole and it made your life so whole. Is it did. Like, there is you that go. Like, is that like the, local, what, is that like the locals talk? I, I think see so. what you did there. <laughs> Elise, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, 
uh, Jay Rieger and Co. and Swellspark, thank you so much for making time with us. We wish you continued success on all the projects you're working on, and um, hopefully we can have you back on the show later to talk about how they all went. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a great day.